Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash I am divine 2022. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement unities. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at the Yoga Hour at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, our time to open our hearts and our minds to the infinite. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and today we'll be looking at some insights and practices from the ancient system of Kriya Yoga, philosophy and practice for spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in our world today. Many are familiar with the meaning of the word yoga, but there are also many today who think of it as exercise. So, on this program, the Yoga Hour, we're talking about yoga as oneness, union, or unity, bringing our attention and our awareness to consciously abide in our essential spiritual nature, to be restored to our original wholeness, to know the truth about what we are, and then live in harmony with that truth. And today's topic is um, taking a look at how we can quicken our spiritual awakening, how we can come to know that truth um, just as soon as possible and begin living it. And uh, we couldn't have a better guest uh, to guide us in that process today than uh, my teacher, my guru, Roy Eugene Davis. Um, and he's reminded us that ever since human beings began to use mental abilities thousands of years ago, their innate urge to be spiritually awake has impelled them, and then that's us, all of us, to want to know our relationship with the infinite. And um, certainly his life has demonstrated that as as a young man, he, he felt that call to uh, awaken spiritually and traveled across the country to meet his guru, Paramahansa Yogananda. And that was in 1949, and uh, Mr. Davis has been dedicated to that path ever since. And he is uh, an internationally known spiritual teacher and author, bringing the teachings of Kriya Yoga to thousands of students for more than 60 years. He's published many books on the teachings of Kriya Yoga, and his books have been translated into um, many languages, at least 10 and probably more. And, um, and he has continuously published published uh, the bi-monthly magazine Truth Journal for over 50 years, and he also publishes uh, study lessons for his students, and today um, we're actually going to be drawing from his most recent study lesson, these are called Studies in Truth, and um, this latest issue was Everything You Do Can Be Effective Spiritual Practice That Quickens Your Awakening. Uh, he is the founder of Center for Spiritual Awareness and um, 
They uh, offer a beautiful retreat center in the mountains of North Georgia, and you can find out more about Mr. Davis and his work and uh, the retreats that are held there in North Georgia by visiting his website, which is csa-davis.org. Welcome, Roy Eugene Davis. I'm so honored and delighted that you're back here on the Yoga Hour today. Thank you, Ellen. It's a pleasure to once again be with you and to be able to communicate with our uh, listeners uh, around the world. Thank you. And before we um, begin talking about how to quicken our spiritual awakening, um, let's begin with one of those steps that actually is, is part of that process, which is before we start anything, just take a moment to center ourselves and uh, be mindful of the truth of our being. So let's do that, shall we? For a moment now, let's simply become aware of our breath with the intention to expand our consciousness. So let your breath, your awareness of the breath, bring you into this moment, letting go of thoughts of the future or the past. Just feel your breath coming in your nostrils, the cool air touching the back of your throat, and the warmer air moving out again. Just as simple as that, as simple as attending to the breath, we can begin to gather our attention and awareness into this present moment. And as we do that, let us intend to simply become aware of the truth of our being, letting restless thoughts subside. Disengaging from external distraction, feeling anchored in that which we are, beyond thought activity, beyond sense impressions, just pure existence being, conscious, ever conscious, supremely conscious, Let us acknowledge that that supreme consciousness is the consciousness of all. One life, one power, one presence is the source and substance of all that is. And when we consciously pause for a moment like this, We acknowledge that we live and move and have our being in that reality. It is our life and the life of all. And any time we choose to, we can shift our awareness in this way, out of being absorbed and involved with thought activity, Just letting our attention and awareness come to consciously abide in our essential self, our divine self. So for a moment, simply breathe, be conscious of your breath, and aware of being aware.
as we conclude this moment, this yoga moment, this moment of returning to awareness of our essential self. Let us decide to gather up the peace within us and know that we can carry that peace with us wherever we go now. Peace in our hearts and peace in our minds, peace to share with all that we meet. Once again, I welcome Roy Eugene Davis to the Yoga Hour. And as I mentioned in the beginning, I was very inspired inspired by the recent uh, Studies in Truth lesson um, that he he published, which is um, lessons that are distributed to um, members of Center for Spiritual Awareness, um, one of many publications. Um, there is also, of course, the, the Truth Journal magazine that has been in continuous publication for more than 50 years. Um, but let's, let's go to this uh, lesson this morning about um, how we can quicken our spiritual practice. In, in that lesson, um, you started out by saying that, you know, there are some people who are seeking to know the truth, but they don't have an accurate understanding of ultimate reality, what it is or what their relationship is to it, even though they have this urge um, to awaken and to discover the truth. So let's, let's start with the ultimate, you know, what, how, how would you describe ultimate reality? Ultimate reality to me is the one reality, the one existence. Uh, not, there are not two realities, but one ultimate reality. And, uh, it has an absolute or pure, uh, essence, which cannot be comprehended even by the intellect, but it can be directly experienced. And the reason for that is I will explain in a moment. But the other aspect of it is expressive, and it has energy influences or energetic influences that interact and make possible the production or the manifestation of universes. But the pure essence is changeless without beginning and without end, but units of it become individualized, not apart from or separate from the source, but they become individualized and identify with intellect, mind, ego, a small sense of self, physical body, and express in the relative uh, realm. But our essence then is being a unit of the pure essence of ultimate reality is what it is. And that is what uh, we are endeavoring to awaken to uh, when we experience it as it is, experience ourselves as we are, as that pure essence, then we are said to be self-realized. To be realized uh, is to uh, comprehend and to experience something. So when we comprehend and experience our essence, then we are self-realized or self-knowing. And this is the culmination of our spiritual quest. This is the ultimate stage to which we can awaken, is to be uh, aware of and established in that uh, pure essence that we are. Uh, So our spiritual awakening is really a return of our awareness to our wholeness as it was before we temporarily forgot. You know, the idea is that when we become individualized, uh, beings, spiritual beings, and identify with objective realities, we can forget our essential nature and become confused. And we mistakenly think that we are a personality or a small uh, ego, ego-confined sense of awareness, when in fact this is only a viewpoint. So awakening spiritually is a matter of awakening from those uh, temporary um, misperceptions, really, to realization or experience of what we are. 
And it is the destiny of every soul, every being, to awaken to that realization. And when it occurs, we say that that person is spiritually enlightened. Mm. And I think that, of course, that's such a beautiful, clear explanation. And uh, it, it it is so... Um, you know, in the first time I heard you speak, which was in 1979, I... Um, you, of course, explained that, um, which you always do, because that's what people are yearning to hear and to know that, you know, that's what we're all looking for. And I remember, you know, even though I had never heard that articulated in that way, that something inside of me recognized it. You know, I recognized it. I felt, oh, that's it. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's that's the truth and um it was a it was a beautiful experience you know to to resonate with that and to hear it um you know so clearly are articulated and of course you know as as you said you know we we go kind of through this um you know it doesn't ha- i suppose it doesn't have to happen in stages but i think for most of us as it does. There's the, you know, recognition, you know, there's the comprehension intellectually, and, and, and maybe for me what was going on then was a little um, intuitive sense of, yes, you know, that's right. Um, but then we we have to have the direct experience of it as you as you said you know it's those two parts that make up realization you know both the the um the insight the understanding into what it is but then uh that's not sufficient one has to have the direct experience of it right and by direct we mean without support of the intellect or mind or even of the intuition. It's just a, a, an experience of being. We are established in it. And uh, when we are there, we know we are there. Sometimes I'm asked the question, how will I know when I'm self-realized? Someone asked that question of my guru, Paramahansa Yogananda, uh, on one occasion, and he said, you will know when you know. <laughs> when, you're there, when you are there, you will know it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you may go to your teacher and say, I, do I have some of the symptoms or signs of self-realization? And you might uh, mm-hmm. while you're still awakening. But when you are fully awake, you know that you are awake. Mm-hmm. And uh, many people, of course, so we all of us, uh, after we start out, we want to be spiritually awake. And then we have this challenge of, gee, it seems so distant uh, an aim to be uh, realized. Uh, intuitively, we know it's possible, and yet we are so, sort of still stuck or established in our small sense of self, our personality-oriented sense of self, and we see that there seems to be a gap or a space between where we are and where we want to be in understanding and experience. And uh, But in time, we uh, experience a a shift of viewpoint, and that's all it really is, a change of viewpoint. And suddenly we have that ability to to know, to discover the truth of what we are. But as you mentioned earlier, when I you heard me speak many years ago, and some of what I said uh, resonated at a deeper level of being, uh, in the yoga tradition there is a saying that a guru or a spiritual teacher can have one of three or all three characteristics. One, the teacher can be a reminder, the one who says, look, these are the facts of life. Examine them, contemplate them, and see see whether or not you can comprehend or relate to them. And uh, so really the teacher is simply saying, telling us what we already know at a deep, deep level. When I, uh, and the other two characteristics of a, Enlightened teacher might be one in their presence. You are spiritually awakened to some extent because of their consciousness and their spiritual energies that are present. And three, a competent spiritual teacher can guide us to liberation of consciousness. Can't do it for us, but can show us the way and can encourage us. When I first met Paramahansa Yogananda in 19... Uh, 49, I had read his book, Autobiography of a Yogi, earlier that year. 
I felt that I understood the philosophy of yoga, uh, that I was a, I even toyed with the idea that I might be a, might have been a reincarnated yogi, even <laughs> though I didn't understand reincarnation. But when I met Yogananda and heard him talk, and it was in his presence, I understood what he said, and I intuitively and directly beyond intuition connected with his consciousness and had some insight into where he was in understanding. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's simply a revelation from inside, an unveiling of uh, the truth that's already within us uh, because we're individualized units of, a, of this pure aspect of ultimate reality. What is true of it is true of us and so uh, that's why I say the spiritual enlightenment is really a process of self-revelation. It is the coming forth, bringing forth, and actualizing an ex- or expressing of that which is, all, which is already inside of us. Uh, it's not something that we get from the outside, but it's what right. comes, it comes from the inside. Right, and you and you have often used the phrase, if I'm remembering accurately, which which I have uh, resonated with, which is when this transformation occurs, you know, uh, whether it's you know momentarily in a meditative meditative experience, or whether it's you know an ultimate um, being ultimately established in that truth of our being, it, you've used the phrase that our awareness is no longer confined. Yes. And um, I think that's a beautiful way to describe it. Um, you know that we're we're no longer confined by this uh, identification. You know, with the um, sense of separate self, with the with the thoughts and conditions uh, in our life, um, but our our awareness uh, can can freely expand right. and. Um, and, and, yes. and, and this uh, this experience can occur at any time, not uh, not always necessarily when we're in the act uh, in the process of formal meditation or prayer. Uh, sometimes we can just simply be doing doing routine things, and suddenly that insight will surface, and it's like a flash flash of discovery, and we say, "Aha! That's it." And it just happens. So we never know when it's going to come through, break through, when it's going to emerge. We never know. Now, mm. meditation can pre- prepare us for that experience. But, uh, I, I, but I wanted to mention that the enlightenment or this awakening can occur at any time. And uh, not, not just when we're sitting in the silence. Yeah, that's a really important point because I think it helps to erase the divide between, you know, my my spiritual life takes place, you know, only in my meditation and then right. there's the rest of it, you know, which which we're talking about erasing and I I want to just take a moment to uh refer the listeners um to your book Paramahansa Yogananda as I knew him um because in there you you do talk about some of your own experiences and of course your experiences with him which I think also help to clarify some of these things that we're talking about this morning. Of course, you have many books that that are helpful, including your um, commentary on Patanjali's Yoga Sutra. But just as you were speaking um, about, you know, the experiences that come, um, and they come through divine grace, I I was remembering some of the stories that you tell uh, in that beautiful book, um, Paramahansa Yogananda, As I Knew Him. you know, it, it it does seem that, you know, we have an insight and we think, okay, you know, I've got it. <laughs> and then there's the matter of living it. And um, then there are, uh, it seems there are obstacles that, um, that, that get in our, our way of, uh, of remaining in that um, awareness of the, of the truth of what we are. Well, what do you see as the um, obstacles that get in our way? Uh, well, the number one ob- obstacle is misperception of what we are, and we think that we're limited creatures when we're really divine beings. But uh, also, we, we we may have uh, psychological conditioning because of uh, uh, influence, influences that have been that, that have contributed to those uh, 
conditionings of our mind. Uh, perhaps we have been traumatized. Perhaps we have a chemical imbalance or a psychological problems that have to be solved or healed. There can be several um, conditions that interfere with spiritual awakening or uh, cause us to be inclined to be preoccupied with our small sense of self. Mm. And uh, so we just have to, it seems to me that it's important for us to aspire to want to be spiritually awake and to believe that we can be while we are working through these personality problems or even physical problems or environmental conditions that have to be dealt with. Mm. But inside, we can we continue to aspire, to hope, to dream, to believe, and above all, have that confidence that we mm. will prevail. Mm. That's so beautifully put, um, to aspire always. Um, you know, that's a really, uh, I think, another way to say of live, live with faith. You know, faith in the infinite, uh, faith in your teacher and the teachings, you know, faith in yourself. Um, all seem to be essential ingredients on this uh, way of spiritual awakening. You're listening to the Yoga Hour with special guest today, Roy Eugene Davis, internationally known spiritual teacher and author, and a direct disciple of the great yogi Paramahansa Yogananda. You can find out more about Mr. Davis, his work, his speaking schedule, and retreats that are offered at Center for Spiritual Awareness by visiting his website, CSA hyphendavis.org. When we come from back from the break, we're going to talk about some steps to quicken our spiritual awakening and how to cooperate with that innate urge to fully awaken in this lifetime. We'll be right back with you. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. At Metaphysical Romp 2, we demystify metaphysics to help you live life at a deeper level. One of our key principles is the recognition that you always have the power to choose how you respond to any situation. Instead of asking, why did this happen to me? A better practice, which aligns with the metaphysical principles we share, is to ask yourself the question, how can I use this for good? We promise you'll experience a transformation in thinking that will reap huge dividends as you master the art of living metaphysically. For new perspective and spiritual insight, listen to Metaphysical Romp 2 with co-hosts Rev. Paul Hasselbeck, Rev. Bill Holton, and Rev. Cher Holton. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time, here on Unity Online Radio. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and uh, my guest today is my spiritual teacher, my guru, Roy Eugene Davis, and um, he, of course, is the spiritual teacher for many all over the world, uh, author of many books on the teachings of Kriya Yoga. Uh, as a direct disciple of Paramahansa Yogananda, he has been bringing forth these teachings to thousands of students for more than 60 years, and you can and find out more about him and his work at csa-davis.org. Um, 
and you you have quoted, of course, and you've written about the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. And there's one uh, sutra that says, for one whose spiritual awakening is fast and practice is concentrated, self-realization is near. Uh, and your guru, Parmansaji, also said spiritual awakening can be quickened by concentrated right endeavor. So in the first segment of the program, we were talking about ultimate reality, about uh uh, spiritual realization, uh, spiritual enlightenment, awakening, what it is, you know, awakening to the truth of our, our being, having that uh, really revealed. Um, but how is it that we can possibly quicken that coming about? Um, do you want to start there? Or shall All we? All right, fine. <laughs> uh, by concentrated endeavor, we don't need for we don't mean forcefulness or the excessive use of willpower. Although we have to use our will to be self-determined and, and focused uh, in our right endeavors. But concentrated or intensive endeavor simply means to be focused and attentive to details. Pay attention to what is important. Ignore or minimize what is not not important and therefore accomplish more in less time. That's basically the, the key. If we focus on what is essential and, and, and useful and avoid what is not essential or useful, we're going to make fast progress in whatever our endeavor might be, whether it's endeavoring to be spiritually awake or to be successful in a business project or any other creative endeavor. Uh, you mentioned earlier at the outset of the program, and, and just a few minutes ago also, uh, the terms Kriya Yoga, and you did define quite nicely in the opening your opening remarks, uh, yoga, the restoration of attention and awareness with our essence of being. And uh, But the word Kriya, uh, I think, should be understood in context of what we're talking about. Uh, it's a Sanskrit word. Uh, it has the same verb root as uh, the word karma, which we uh, usually uh, define as uh, causation, uh, that which causes effects or can cause effects when opportunities are present. And the word kriya simply means action or process. And when we say kriya yoga, sometimes it quite, sounds quite exotic, but it's really only a yoga uh, realization as the result of the, the, the processes that we either we use or the processes that occur that result in the clarification and transformation of our of our personality characteristics. So, mm-hmm. it's, even though the word kriya sounds exotic, it's simply a very simple 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 definition. It means procedure or process. But uh, the main thing, uh, the emphasis uh, of all spiritually enlightenment teachers that I know of, is to Know what the aim of life is, the ultimate aim of life, which is to be self-realized, and focus attention and uh, on that, and and live in live in ways that can allow that realization to most easily or spontaneously emerge. Mm-hmm. So it isn't so much a matter of trying to make something happen as it is learning to allow our innate uh, qualities and knowledge. To come forth. Mm-hmm. And you know, just as um, in meditation, you know, we're arranging conditions uh, to allow that revelation of the truth of our being. I think you know we can say so. It is in our life, in our you know, if we want to call it our lifestyle, we arrange conditions so that we can be uh, focused on what's important. Uh, to us. And so, you know, you have given, uh, six steps in your lesson, um, to experience, uh, faster spiritual awakening, you know, to quicken, um, that. And, you know, of course, you've mentioned we need to know what the aim is. We need to be focused. Um, and you've also said, um, we, we should be well informed. And so, you know, let's start there. I mean, there's so much, you know, I live in California and that's often thought of as the spiritual marketplace, you know, of the right. world where we have so many things that people can, can uh, look at and, um, you know, be curious about. And, and so, 
um, what's, you know, and, and that's just acquiring a lot of information and sometimes that can be in, uh, confusing. So right. how can people acquire helpful info- information? All right. Well, we can, we can acquire helpful information by having our own experiences or by experimenting. Oh, well, also we can acquire helpful information from knowledgeable people, from people who are, who know what we want to know. We can go ask them to inform us, or if they're no longer available to us, perhaps we can read their books or listen to their their, their, their recorded lectures and so on. But we can acquire helpful information from knowledgeable people. And also we can use our, <clears throat> we can infer uh, what, what what is helpful by by observation. So there are various ways to acquire helpful information. But once we have the information regarding how to live and how to facilitate or make easier our spiritual awakening, then we have to wisely apply it. We have to use it uh, wisely, and that's the, that's the next step. It's not, mm-hmm. not just to have the information. We've got to use helpful information and test it, really, in the fires of personal experience. Then we have the results, and we have experience, and we know uh, for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah uh, and, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say that, um, you know, we, we see this question a lot, you know, how, how do I know? You know, how do I know this is the right thing for me? You know, how do I know that I have clear understanding? And, um, you know, I, I think part of that is that having a, a steady meditation practice and your, your study, you know, begins to, um, clarify the mental field yeah. and, um, understanding, um, y- you know, begins to become clearer over time yeah. with spiritual practice. And, and that's a big part of it. Yeah, it's important, important to, to practice or to apply what we learn. Uh, I know when I first met Paramahansa Yogananda in 1949, I had a private talk with him and at the Hollywood uh, Temple, uh, Serpentization Fellowship Temple on Sunset Boulevard. Talked to him privately for oh, 20 minutes or so and uh, asked if I could be his disciple, and he ex- accepted me. And then he gave me advice on how to fit into the to the monastic community because yet there was a monastic community which is still there and I was a part of that for four years and uh, he told me to pay attention to the my work assignments meditate twice a day longer on weekends and for the first year read his writings in order to get in tune with his consciousness and to know what he taught and then later a year or so later he said uh, when your discrimination is well developed, you can read anything without becoming confused. And you mentioned earlier that uh, California, but now worldwide, seems to be a mar- marketplace for a di- variety of ideas, and many people first starting out are confused. Uh, they don't know what to believe. But if they will learn to un- develop their powers of discriminative intelligence, then they'll be able to know the difference between truth, what is what is what is real, and opinion, someone's someone's idea that may may or may not be be worthwhile. But, so we have to develop our own powers of discriminative intelligence so that we can we can know for ourselves what is true. I receive emails from people all over the from all over the world, and now in our modern times, what is happening? So many people are going to the internet. And they're, they're Googling or going to Yahoo or any other, other search engines, and they're typing in yoga, meditation, Kriya Yoga, meditation techniques, and they're getting in touch with all kinds of ideas, and many times confusing uh, ideas that confuse them. And uh, they, they don't know what to believe, so they write to me and say, what do you, what do you think about this person or, or this teaching? And uh, uh, also today, I know many people who are should be paying attention to right living and spiritual practices and meditation, who are spending entirely too much time uh, on the internet and uh, interacting socially and so forth. And uh, I read recently that uh, some people, an ordinary secular life, 
spend at least uh, 20 hours a, a month on uh, uh, doing that. Mm-hmm. And it's, probably 19 hours of that is wasted. Mm-hmm. And it's probably more than that, actually. That seems conservative. Well, <laughs> but, you know, when you talk about developing our powers of uh, discriminative intelligence and you know, being able to see clearly, um, you know, it seems important just to emphasize that, you know, it's not about gathering more information, um, in general, you know, you, you find helpful information and, and then you, you know, focus on it and you practice and, um, you practice self-inquiry, you know, you, you test it out in your experience, you practice meditation so that the mind can become calm and clear and bright. Um, <clears throat> you know, de- developing, you know, these, the, the powers of the mind is not an exercise in gathering more and more information. So I just I just wanted to underscore that. I know you've said it, and um, and 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 you, but you, you know, have taught me over the years a lot about the power of the mind and uh, the way that we think, what our intentions are, clarifying the mind. All of these things are important, and um, you 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 talk about how important it is to be optimistic and to be a constructive thinker. Um, right. What does that have to do with our our progress on the path? Well, to be optimistic is to expect the best possible outcome of situations that are emerging, and to be pessimistic is just the opposite. So if we are optimistic, we're going to be more enthusiastic, um, more interested in learning and and experimentation, more interested in uh, what's going on around us. And uh, mainly, by being optimistic, we, we believe that good things, ideal outcomes are possible uh, for all uh, as a result of of what we are doing and as a result of our participation uh, in the process of living. But uh, you mentioned the mind. We teach metaphysically. I know Unity teaches this and other New Thought uh, movements teach that there is one cosmic mind or universal mind and, of course, Ralph Waldo Emerson uh, wrote in one of his essays about the one mind common to all of us to which we have access, uh, and it is uh, inclined, naturally inclined to be responsive to our mental attitudes, our habitual th- thoughts, our imaginings, our expectations, our desires, and even our needs. And uh, therefore, that's how uh, our mental states and our expectations and our beliefs and attitudes and imaginings can influence our experiences that can, by either producing or attracting uh, the corresponding effects because of our, the relationship of our mind to the one cosmic or universal mind. Mm-hmm. So... That's why it's important to be an optimistic, constructive thinker. Mm, plus, to, it just feels better. It just feels better it, to live that it, way. <laughs> it's more fun. It's, it's more, more fun, fun and to be, to, to be happy and uh, cheerful and and uh, uh, to, to look forward with with keen expectation to uh, wonderful wonderful things that can unfold and can be provided. And it, it it helps us, I think, then stay open to to divine grace, which is a critical uh, uh, part of our spiritual uh, awakening. Um, and you mention also, um, that of course, behaving wisely as an important uh, step in quickening our spiritual uh, awakening. And, you know, I've often heard you say, you know, do what you know you should do, um, which I think is is the formula for behaving wisely. Um, What else would you say about that? Well, of course, we start out with with ethical living, uh, moral living, uh, being fair to others and to all life, being fair to ourselves, but also being fair to others. And of course, you know, we have what is called the golden rule, which is a universal moral law or principle of reciprocity that uh, contributes to the well-being of others and to all forms of life without expectation of anything in return. 
and all great or authentic religious uh, movements and philosophical systems have someplace in their teachings the emphasis on right ethical moral behavior, especially in relationship to other people and to other forms of life. Uh, It just didn't begin with Christianity. It was uh, taught and talked about in two, three thousand years before that. And uh, it's pretty much a common teaching of all of the philosophical, religious, and spiritual enlightenment uh, systems. So we start out by by being kind to others, compassionate toward others, being harmless, being uh, being uh, honest and truthful, uh, being. uh, not wasting our vital forces and our mental forces, and uh, avoiding being uh, uh, um, selfish and grasping. Mm-hmm. But uh, so this is a foundation to keep. It ensures our psychological well-being and also uh, harmonious interactions with other people and with the environment. So uh, that's important. And then, uh, to, and then to uh, do what we know we should do to accomplish our purposes in the most efficient manner. And so and most of us know how to live and what we should do after we've been educated. It's a matter of following through and living up to our own expectations being, and being responsible for our thoughts and our actions and the results that occur. Uh, as, as the result of our thinking and our actions. That's, uh, and that, yeah, that's I was just going to say that's that's really the fourth step that you mission, mentioned in your lesson, which is to live skillfully and effectively. Yes, and, and to do that with intention is, is a symptom or an indication of emotional maturity. Uh, it's important to be emotionally mature. Uh, and to have uh, a, a mature <coughs> understanding understanding of and uh, endeavor to have a mature relationship with this ultimate reality or this larger life. So, so many people have not yet t- taken care of that, uh, the need for them to grow to emotional maturity, and they're still uh, childlike in their relationship mm-hmm. to to God or the larger reality and have a dependent attitude and an attitude of being helpless and excessively needy when really if they would just use the, some of the skills they have they could, become, they could become responsible for their behaviors and for the results of what they do. And it does seem that that the key there, the key word that that you have just said is 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 being responsible. Um, and you know, some people, of course, are, are you know equate that with somehow being to blame, which is an incorrect understanding. But you know, being responsible is an empowered position. It's a it's it's the mature position. You know, to be uh, responsible for our actions um, and our our decisions. Um, to me, that's the hallmark of. Um, maturity is uh, being responsible. And, of course, one of the things we want to be responsible for is um, having a daily spiritual practice of meditation, which is really a, a foundation um, and so uh, we just want to not forget to quickly touch on why we need to meditate superconsciously every day as part of quickening our uh, spiritual awakening. Yes, we emphasize superconscious meditation, and to be superconscious is to experience or uh, that uh, clarified awareness. When the mind is calm, awareness is clear. And uh, because the super, uh, the first part of the word superconscious, super means above or beyond or other than ordinary states of consciousness. So while well, today uh, there are many people are meditating for stress management, which is beneficial, uh, and uh, watching the breath and getting to the place where they are mentally calm and emotionally settled, that has great value. But the, I emphasize going a step beyond that to superconsciousness or a transcendent state of consciousness that can be experienced when the when the 
the movements in the mind and awareness are absolutely quiet, which will happen in due time if we sit long enough and we are attentive. And it's important when meditating to be attentive, to be alert. I saw a little note the other day on the Internet. I was looking at a a, a, a blog in which someone had put put some up, put forth ideas on meditation. And there was a little, little quote in there, I guess, from a Zen source. You should meditate at least 20 minutes every day. And if you don't have time, then meditate an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, there was a, a story about Gandhi that was very much like that, where one day there was a you know, big uh, problem and challenges going on, and um, and you know he used to meditate every day with his students and for an hour, and they depended on that. And so one day he gathered them and he said, "I, I, I will not be able to meditate with you for for one hour today because things are uh, very difficult, and I have all these meetings." and And they all looked so disappointed and confused. He said, "Due to those conditions, I will have to meditate for two hours today." Yeah. All right. So, one of the complaints I frequently hear from people who are not yet focused on their spiritual path is, I don't have time to meditate. Well, if they just be so honest and look back over the course of a day or two or three or a week, they would see that they waste a lot of time or they just daydream a lot of the time that they could spend at least 20, 30, 40 minutes a day in a private situation to contemplate uh, the truth of their being and their relationship to ultimate reality. They could do it if they just would choose to do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, we recommend for new meditators, meditate for only 15, 20, 25 minutes, so as long as you can be alert and attentive. If you sink into a semi-conscious half-sleep state, that's not useful. And then after you become proficient in meditation, you can meditate longer if you so desire. But uh, if, you, if you check on the history of the founders of the various religious movements, and even in modern times, such as unity, you will find that the founders or the those who inspired the movements were Profound meditators, in-depth meditators. Uh, they, 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 they experienced that it was important for them to go deep in the silence and experience consciously their relationship with the infinite. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this is important to do on a regular mm-hmm. basis. And if we do it on a regular basis, it becomes a habit. It's very enjoyable. We look forward to it. And we get, sit down and we get right with it. And while we're meditating, we can easily uh, dis- disregard uh, all of the uh, thoughts and the things that usually occupy our attention for that period of time. We can learn to sh- turn it off and go inside and be alone with the infinite. And that is, the, as we experience that on a regular basis, over a period of time, <clears throat> our our consciousness is clarified subconscious, uh, troublesome subconscious uh, conditions are neutralized, Uh, the immune system is strengthened, our powers of concentration are improved, Uh, we become more self-knowing, and there's an opportunity for us to experience spontaneous insights and revelations which are transformative. Thank you so much um, once again for for being here on the Yoga Hour today and for giving us these uh, guidelines and insights uh, about how uh, we can quicken our spiritual awakening. And um, for those who are, are counting the, the six things we were going to talk about, I want to say that the last one is purposeful living, which is, is, is really um, to have purposes of value to accomplish, which really has been woven into the whole conversation this morning and um, uh, I thank you for for being with us and I want to let you know if you're listening in in real time in in March 2017 that Mr. Davis will be in San Jose, California at the 
Center for Spiritual Enlightenment on March seventeenth uh, and eighteenth, and you can find out about his visit there and um, come and join us by uh, visiting csecenter.org. Uh, that's csecenter.org, and uh, remember, you can find out more about Mr. Davis and his work, um, his retreats, um, his books that are available globally at csa davisorg That's csa davisorg um, Thank you again, uh, Roy, for, for being with us today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And my blessings and goodwill to all, all of our listeners. Thank you so much. <clears throat> and thank you to our Yoga Hour team. Um, our uh, producer and regular guest host, Dr. Laurel Trujillo, assistant producers Nita Kenyon and Ann Hayes, and the ever-present, omnipresent Jeff Comfort in the sound booth at Unity Online Radio. The Yoga Hour is a service project of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, a meditation center in the tradition of Kriya Yoga. And to find out more about CSE and the programs we offer there, please visit our website, CSE center.org. I look forward to being with you again. Until then, remember to let your inner light shine into the world to share your peace uh, and your joy with all you meet. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization. www.csecenter.org Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org Everyone has purpose in life, but too often that purpose goes undiscovered. There is a simple way you can discover your special purpose in life. Draw up a list of all the qualities you value in yourself and that others admire in you. Don't be shy. There are probably many of them. Then, look at the ways in which you interact most effectively with other people. Are you a good leader? A good teacher? A good organizer? A good listener? Finally, describe in as much detail as you can what your world would be like under the best of all possible circumstances. Your purpose in life is to use your best qualities in the service of the kind of world in which you would like to live. This Law of Life is brought to you by Unity. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. notice that there might be something not quite right, but you just can't put your finger on it? We may describe it as an inner stirring, a restlessness, a yearning to find our way home to our heart and higher purpose. Some of us may feel like we are living on borrowed time, that despite our accomplishments, what was once so important to us now just feels empty and meaningless. If you find your heart longing, wanting, looking for a path home to authenticity and purpose, join us for transformation, inspiration, hope, and possibility. Move toward your higher calling. Listen to The Call of Spirit with Evelyn Foreman and tune in to Possibility every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time here on Unity Online Radio.
Just like life, grief is a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? Join Reverend Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace and explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash divine 2022 